All right. And it is episode 12 of the Bayou Dragons podcast. Per usual, me and Mitch and Matt were on this bitch, and we got former MLB player, 14 year right fielder, a bunch more stats that I can't even <laughs> find in my notes. Three time All Star, two time Silver Slugger, Jay Bruce. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah. We've been appreciating wa- We've been wanting to do this for a minute. For yeah. a hot minute. Jay's a busy guy, man. We've been trying to oh, uh, get him on for weeks Kids, now. But, uh, yeah, I completely Kids. understand. But we thank no, you for coming done. on, dude. Well, I appreciate it. And it's funny because you said all that stuff about this baseball career. But, I mean, let's face it. That's not why I'm on here. That's not why you're on here. <laughs> I just want people to, I just want people to know yeah. your backstory. Yeah. You played for multiple teams. Mm-hmm. Too many to count, I a think. A lot. Yeah. The Reds, the longest though. First nine years with the Reds, yeah, that was uh, that was home for a while. And um, once I started getting traded, it was like traveling circus, man, traveling circus. So it was good though, man. I, I um, you know, lived out my dream plus of you know however many times more than I could have ever you know dreamed, and it was uh, it was badass too. Went so, fast. I bet so. That's a. I mean, you got to play a game for a living. Yes. And most people don't get that privilege, especially in baseball. I think baseball and probably golf's the probably two hardest sports to go pro in. You know, I can't speak for any of the other sports except baseball. But uh, yeah, but I mean, but you yeah, could probably man. you're a big dude. You could have played tight end or something. I have hands. But you got <laughs> hands, dude. hands. But uh, so I'm was the Reds like your? That was, that yeah, yeah. That's kind of like where my loyalty. You know, um, it's where I grew up as a player, as a kid, like. You know, I kind of turned into an adult there. You know what I mean? So uh, they drafted me out of high school, and it was just my first experience into all of it, you know. And so there was a lot of loyalty. Um, You know, I felt like I owed them something, you know, throughout the whole deal. And, man, all of a sudden you get traded and you realize – well, There's no such thing. No. <laughs> they don't really – I mean, you're no, just – No, you're, you're – you know, you are a – you're a tool. You are a – Pawn. Yeah, I mean, and, you, you know, you're an asset to them, right? So, like, you know, if they can use you and you're providing value that's useful to them, then they're going to keep you. And if um, you can get them more value in return by, by sending you somewhere else, they're going to do that. And I can't, you know, can't blame them for that. It's a business. It's a – there's a lot of strategy involved and – you know, there's a lot of assessment as far as, like, where the team is going, you know, where they are right now. What are they willing to mortgage? Like, what's the payroll look like? Where, you know, what's the rebuild plan looking like, you know? So, it's um, who are they coming after you? You know, who, who's coming, who's waiting to, to come play whatever position? So, um, you know, it's part of the business, and I was very fortunate to – play a lot of different places a lot of different teams a lot of awesome cities great experiences a lot of cool people and um after all that came right back to beaumont texas southeast texas man sir so you had a very remarkable baseball career you retire how many years ago april the 18th 2021 so 2021 you retire and you decide to buy a duck call company from southeast texas let's talk a little bit about that yeah, man. So um, I was actually with my neighbor one day, and he was like, "You know, you ought to take a look at uh, 
this call company, SureShot Game Calls, around here. I know the guy that owns it, and you know he may be looking to to get rid of it. You know, he's got kids in high school, he's got a lot of stuff going on, and you know, you're 34 and retired. You know, you don't, you don't, you're not just gonna. I know you too well. You're not gonna sit around and just do nothing. So, um, maybe worth a conversation. And I, I had never, uh, I was not in the in the market for for a duck call company. Right. You know. Um, but, you know, next thing you know, I have lunch with Charlie, and, um, you know, he kind of tells me his background, how it started. You know, he, he has a, a long history of, you know, kind of hunting um, lineage here. You know, he was on a radio show with Billy Halfin, and, you know, he, he was really involved in the outdoor scene here, and he got – that's how he got to know uh, Cowboy Fernandez, and – for those of you who don't know, Cowboy Fernandez is who, you know, was one of the founders of, of SureShot. Um, SureShot invented the double read duck call, and Cowboy was the first um, person to win a world calling competition, and it was with a double read. And, yeah. um, you know, so that's what brought SureShot on the map. Well, anyway, Charlie was, you know, kind of, Cowboy was kind of took Charlie under his wing, and they, they had a great relationship, and, um as Cowboy got a little older and he got sick, they basically, like, asked Charlie to, to take the company. You know, they wanted to sell it to him, and, and um, he took it. And honestly, man, if it wasn't for Charlie Holder, Sure Shot would not still be around. Charlie told me that they were about six months from shutting the doors. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm happy that Charlie did that, and I'm happy that I have it now. And, you know, I hope to turn this thing back into – what it looked like in the, in the eighties and nineties, as far as um, reach and popularity and, you know, the heritage and the history of the company um, is unrivaled. I mean, it's, it's, um, there are a few call companies out there that, that have the same, um, the same history, but um, you know, they're really not still, still going. And I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, we're kind of just getting started again. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I just, Feels like a, a a lot of fun so far, um, a lot of work, but it's um it's fulfilling. You know, I get to wake up every day and, and work hard at something that I really enjoy, and I experience that to like the you know highest level with playing baseball. And um, you know, so now I get to kind of manage my time a little better, and um, you know, kind of more on my terms, but still, you know, feel a lot of responsibility to a brand that you know, deserves to be held in high esteem and to, to have the growth and, and to, to have the popularity, you know, especially in Southeast Texas and Texas, you know, there is no duck call of Texas. This and is for me, this is, that's, that's like step one for me, right? Like I want everyone to, you know, in Texas to, to be a sure shot guy, you know, and my goal kind of around Southeast Texas is if you aren't blowing a sure shot call, like you're going to have to be like, no, I don't want to blow it. Like, cause I want to, I want to present the opportunity to you. And, you know, that's kind of where my goal is and my mindset is right now. So, And I think a lot of people, when they think of Sure Shot, you know, Sure Shot has a bunch of older school calls. You know, <laughs> they had the original Yenton, which was, sure. I mean, all of us, we were talking, I mean, my first duck call to ever blow was a Sure Shot. We all had the Sure Shot Yenton back in the day. But you've come in and you're coming out with some really cool new stuff, some acrylic calls, some – a really cool new teal call as well. You want to talk about some of the new calls you got out? Yeah. So I was talking to someone the other day, and, you know, I would be willing to argue, willing to bet that 
more calls or more ducks in the world over time have been shot over a sure shot game call than any other call. I mean, that's a bold statement. That is and there's a very no, bold statement. There's no way to know, but, like, dude, in the, like, 70s, 80s, and 90s, it was, like, PS old. Sure shot. Like, well, it's it's almost like that silent killer, too, because you wonder how many times has that call changed hands, generation yeah. to generation, because, like Mitchell was saying, the original call that we grew up learning to blow and that we brought into the field with us for our very first time was a sure shot game call. Absolutely. And it's not something that we went out and purchased. It was something that was passed Given down to, to us. Yeah. So. And I mean, I, so spe- it's funny you say that. So, you know, we've been rebranding kind of updating the brand and like one of the, the slogans or like the, you know, the messages that we're trying to send is pass it on. So like, right. you know, but we want it to be passed on like the heritage side. You know, we want to, we want to evolve and we want to grow and want to, you know, give people the opportunity to, to, to have and use products that sound great, look great, perform well, high quality. And, you know, that's what, I mean, it's been known for. I mean, I was sitting at at Thanksgiving and my wife's uncle came up behind me and threw like four calls on the, on the table. I didn't really hunt it. Like anymore, I definitely I don't think he hunts very much anymore. But he's like, these calls are from the seventies. He's like, they're still in my safe, mm-hmm. and they they still work, all of them. And I mean, that's an ode to that. You know, that's a hat tip to like the the quality and you know the craftsmanship of these calls. That you know is um is a reason <clears throat> that it's still around today. And um, like I said, I you know that is a part of the, re- you know, that's a, one of the main reasons that I'm able to, you know, come to the market with a new teal call. And, you know, that new teal call is a mini version of the original Jensen. And it's, you know, that was calculated, right? Like we're paying homage to the brand. Um, the OG. There aren't a lot of people that still use wooden Jensen's. Um, but you can still have it on your lanyard and tell a story about it, you know, because that's a, there's a reason behind that, you know, with a new single read call, it's the first single read and J frame call that SureShot has ever done. And I understand why the past owners didn't really want to mess with it because they invented the double read, but things evolve, you know, things, things move forward. And, you know, for, for me, that's no slight to the, that we still offer, you know, a plethora of double read options, but, um, you know, to come to market with a single read J frame call, it gives people the opportunity to, you know, still have that heritage and that like history in their hands, but, you know, blow something that's more modern. And with the look of the new single recall, like we really wanted to keep it kind of on brand with SureShot. It doesn't look like every other duck call out there. You know, it looks like if you know anything about SureShot, it looks like the brand. Right. And that was a huge goal of mine. It's hard to, it's hard to bring a single read uh, to please the masses, right? Because single reads are, are, they're not easy to blow. You got you have to learn your way around a single recall as opposed to a double read that's really friendly, really ducky, and really, um, just like I said, user friendly to you know the user. Absolutely. And so there's a huge difference, obviously, between competition callers and you know field callers, and then even like now they have like a competition version of you know field with the meat calling stuff, you know. And um, for us, we did not want to create a competition style call. We wanted to create a call that you know, everyone sitting in this room and everyone listening to this podcast and the people down the street and, you know, the people who love to duck hunt and hunt public and all the, you know, whatever, they can pick it up and blow it. Right. 
and, you know, create a call that is right down the middle of the fairway that can be tuned by us to give you the sound that you're looking for, whether it's more raspy or a little higher, you know, or uh, let you put more air through it. You know, like you can run these similar to a cut down if you want. We can make that, you know, make it make it run like that. And we can also, you know, it's it's we we created it to where it doesn't take a bunch of air to get through there. And um, and so we tried to make a call that that really you know, is, is something that a lot of people can, can utilize and a lot of people that can be proud, you know, to have on their lanyard. And, um, you know, that is, that's why you do it, right? You know, you do it to, to continue the, you know, the, the path of a brand that has been around for so long. And, um, you know, the other thing, I think a lot of people are, are scared of single reads. They're like, oh, it's a single read. I can't blow it. Yeah, for sure. I, I can see that. I mean, uh, just the initial... Um, the initial change, as soon as you put a it single is so responsive, you, right? Yeah, like it's, it's like it's immediate, oh, oh, you know. And um, something I, you know, I would say is I'm not a great caller by any means, and um, I feel super comfortable running the single read. Sometimes even more than the double read because I feel like it. It kind of speaks back to you a little better, you know. You 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 understand what's going right, what's going wrong, and. Um, it's it's been a fun process with with this new single read that we've got going, and um, <clears throat> you know, kind of hope it's only the beginning. Um, I always want to do what you know what we know, and, and really whatever we do, do it really well. Um, I don't want to just throw things into the market because you know it's what you should do. Um, so we're really proud of the new calls, and um, yeah, it's uh, something I think everyone should check out. Yeah, nineteen fifty nine, y'all started. And it's still going strong. And Jay, I, Jay was there, 1959. Yeah, there. I remember it, the, like it was yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you were just a wee boy back then. Just a wee tyke. Hey, but real quick, though, um, for for somebody, like you said, who didn't have an original interest in coming in and, and owning a game-calling company, sure. um, you seem to have taken a, an extreme interest and an extreme passion behind uh, what you're doing here at SureShot. And I think that's, that's very respectable, um, you know, to the masses and, and to the users who are who are looking at it from the outside. And I, I know there's a lot of locals. This is especially big in our area. Sure Shot's a, as, is a, as a staple sure. in, in the Port Natchez, Port Arthur, Groves area. Uh, for you to come in and, and to be as passionate about it as you are is, is really, really says something. I appreciate it, man. I, you know, <clears throat> for me, like, I feel like – I feel a, a lot of responsibility, right? Like I, I didn't take this decision lightly and I know it's just a duck call company and all whatever, you know, you can say, Oh, it's not that important. Oh, well it's on the but water it, tower. But it's, yeah, so. it's, it's, got, yeah. It's, on, it's on the water tower. <laughs> and um, you're right. It is a brand that in my opinion, like deserves to be taken care of, right? This is something that Southeast Texas, you know, especially as a waterfowler is a out hunting community, like you should be proud of, right. you know, it, it's nationally known. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you, their orders come from everywhere, you know what I mean? And, you know, for us to be able, for me to be able to have that responsibility, like, I, I, li- I like it. You know, I like to wake up and know, like, man, I've got this brand that, that used to be the talk of the town, right? It used to be, you know, the one of the juggernauts of the call, the call industry. And it, it, it kind of obviously hit his, you know, kind of hit its lull and things changed and, you know, um, Fortunately, Charlie kept it kept it afloat, and um, I really take the responsibility, you know, very heavily to to keep it going. And um, it's something that I can wake up every day and work hard at, and be proud of. And 
you know, just let people in the area and everywhere know that like, this is a brand that has been around and will be around for a long time. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, we're glad you're doing it, man. We're glad to be, we're glad to be at this point where we're sitting down here talking to you, man. Absolutely. No, this is great. It's, uh, there has been a lot happen in the last, since October of 21. Right. I mean, we have been hair on fire, kind of flying by the seat of our pants most of the time for better, sometimes probably for worse, but, um, <coughs> you know, it's... Uh, that builds character, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a learning experience, man. It's like with us. I mean, we just started this a couple of years ago, and every, you know, every day, every week, we're learning, you know, different ways to do things, better ways to do things that are, you know, just better for overall for the company. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I something I didn't notice until a little bit, like, down the road is when I was playing, my day was pretty much planned for me every single day, right? Like, I got to the field at one thirty. I did my cage work. I did my, you know, I ate lunch. Um, you know, stretch was at 4.15. BP was at, you know, 4.45. Outfield work. Come back in. 6 o'clock, peanut butter and jelly and a banana. 6.30, start putting my socks on. Play the game. You know, 7.10, come home. Wake up and do it all over again. Pretty much every single day for like for literally well seventeen. I mean, I you know, oh five to twenty two. You know, it's like I did it for so long, and so it was like clockwork. And so I get here, and now like I'm responsible for creating that schedule. You know, creating you know a time management, and like I've sucked at it often. Well, it's something you got you're not used to. You know, creating your own schedule for you know it's it's something to adapt to. You haven't been your own boss. Yep. No, very no exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's it's something that's, like, worked out really well so far because, like, all these ideas come up, and you're like, all right, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. But at some point, you have to say, you have to, like, push pause and be like, all right, well, if we keep just doing it, we're going to blow it. Right. So we got to, like, slow it down, create processes, create, like, things that are going to help this machine run fairly, like, automatically. Yeah, so it's a lot about keeping the right people around you, too. Yeah, no, I, yeah, for sure. And, you know, I have so much support. Like, you know, um, Curtis Arnold is someone who worked here, um, is, is Cowboy's grandson. And he took a different job when, when Charlie sold the company. He took a job with Charlie because he was, you know, he's kind of Charlie's right-hand man. But, you know, he knows everything about this company. You know, he knows everything about every machine in here. And, I mean, he's told me that you gotta you gotta sprinkle graphite dust on these machines. I was like, graphite? What is that? I don't even know what that is. I've never even heard yeah. of it. I don't know math. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, like, what do I look the, like? College, you know, high schools and uh, get the get the <laughs> pencil sharpener shavings out. And there. so, you know, little things like that, like the read materials and like where you source this stuff from. Like, this is stuff that I haven't had to deal with. And if I didn't have people that were supportive and like willing to help, then, you know. You'd be up shit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Shane Shashan comes in here all the time. Does he really? Uh, yeah, he's been coming in, you know, since we moved over here, since I bought the company. You know, he's, like, so gracious, so willing to help, comes and checks the calls, comes in, you know, whatever we, you know, he we ask him that, to do, he, I mean, most of the time we don't even ask, he just offers. Yeah, Shane's and a really good guy. He he was actually who taught me how to blow that red bone call. And, yeah, and I mean, he's a world champion. And he's you know, got, yeah, yeah he's he does the same thing great, with that now. Great contacts with that with between him and Mr. Nathan. And, yep. I mean, they're just, just the community surrounding Sure Shot Game Calls is, is you're set for success. I feel very regard. fortunate to, yeah. to have the people in my corner that I do. And you got the Dragons. 
got yeah, the dragons. dragons on your side, boy. The dragons, yes, they yeah. are. They're gonna <clears throat> light us on fire. Oh, bro, you know, yeah, well, we're, oh, yeah. We're, we're always looking already to continue have that trend. You know, already of, have of of continuing in the right direction, man. And what's interesting too about the whole dragon situation is like, y'all have all literally blown sure shot called. I mean, the six fifty has been on y'all's lanyard. And so I was 13 years yeah, old. Yeah. So <laughs> the shows, the, the past two weekends doing shows, it, people yeah. were coming up and asking, oh, you guys make these duck calls? And I say, no, you know, we have this run that we do with SureShot Game Calls, who we essentially partner with yeah. um, as a mutual agreement to, to benefit the both of us. And I think uh, a major selling point in that was that before any of this happened, before the dragons were even a thought in our heads, yeah. I had a SureShot call on my lanyard, and that's what I learned to blow. And so, like, being able to talk to these young kids who are wanting to get into it and even customers who knew us coming up and talking yeah. to us, they're just picking up this duck call and saying like, Oh, you know, what's this? And I can just get down on it. Yeah. And I that's mean, the very, the original call that I learned to blow, you know, and that's what people want to see. Really right? cool. They don't want to, you know, they, they want to see something, you know, that, that you can tell stories about Yeah, that you've broken a hundred times, you know, and that that's, that's what it's all about. Like, it's about like, this has been around for so long. So many people come up to us and say, Hey man, my dad blew sure shot. My first call was a sure shot I got from my grandpa. Like, and I'm like, that's badass. Mm -hmm. What? Are, when are you getting yours to give to your son? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's what we want. Yeah. And the more exposure, the more natural and like organic exposure that we can get, and not not forced and not, you know, concocted. Like, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. You know, hopefully, hopefully the lanyards we pass down to our sons are full of bands and sure shots yes, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I also like though that you've been revamping up y'all have a badass apparel line now you've well, changed yeah. up the logo a little bit a right. little bit it's still it's got a lot of the know, old the classic vibe to it yeah because I, I told the guy yeah I, I my goal was to create the logo to make it look like it was created in 59 you know and i feel like we did a good job with it i really do i, I you know i thought it was very well done well thank and you it, that's getting hot these days too. Yeah, taking man. it back a little bit. Yeah, you know? no, the vintage. Yeah, we're yeah. we're we've never been in a better position to succeed from Bring a brand back. standpoint. Yeah. You know, it's back. like vintage and heritage is. Uh, well, yeah, the rope hat came back at the top of people's. Yeah, at the top of people's uh, list these days. So it's um, that's been fun. Like, so I have a a place out in Nome, and I made hats for that place before I ever even you know had an inkling that I would ever you know buy Sure Shot or have Sure Shot and. So I've been a semi-pro hat maker for a long time. So oh, wait, wait, so the hats you made for that, what were, what were they? What were they called? It's Willis Marsh Ranch. Willis Marsh Ranch. Yeah, because Willis Marsh runs right through my place. So okay, I you got know, you. Not, I didn't really go too far out on a limb to uh, to name it, but um, it's uh, it's cool. You know, That's a pretty cocky name, <laughs> Willis Marsh. So hey, hey, I'm what Willis was talking about, boy. <laughs> so when would you say you really got hot and heavy into uh, hunting waterfowl? So, um, after I got drafted, so I got drafted out of high school in 05 and I, I hunted, I duck hunted, you know, a bit when I was younger, um, a lot more dove hunting when I was younger than, than waterfowl. I don't know if it was just because like, you know, my, I remember my, my dad being on a dove lease and, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't hunt ducks a lot when I was younger. And then, um, honestly, man, when I got back and I got, you know, got drafted and I had the off seasons, I reconnected with Josie Dishman, uh, who's a big farmer in the area. And we were great friends growing up and, you know, we were always friends, but obviously life took us our separate ways and, you know, didn't get to stay, you know, as closely in touch with him as, as I, you know, am now and, uh, or was back then. And, you know, we kind of started talking and I started going with him and 
um, there's some, you know, other places that were, you know, that I, people got, I got invited to go to and, um, man, it just, it, it, it caught me, you know what I mean? It'll and so, it, you know, 06 basically is when I kind of started getting, getting after it. Um, and, you know, hunted my whole life, but the, the consistent duck hunting started, you know, kind of, well, I can 06. imagine you really were limited to, you know, hunting when you were playing professional baseball. I mean, you only have so much free time when you're playing, but but I'm the, sure after you retire, you get a lot. You had a lot more free time. To well, that, but also like when I really when I was when I was in high school and like young when it, when baseball was serious, but I was still an amateur. Like I didn't have a lot of free time to to, to hunt. Right, like mm-hmm. I was always gone somewhere. Or, you know, baseball was like. I mean, it's all I it's, I lived and breathed it. You know, and um, the lucky the 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 thing about playing professionally is like one when you're done playing for the season, like I don't even want to see a bat or a ball for yeah. like two months you know what i mean and then two it lines up perfectly with waterfowl season you know you're done in october oh that's perfect and so then you're ready you know um it was always funny like i my wife's from hampshire Finette and um you know the rice festival huge Hell deal yeah, brother and i would always it would always almost end on like like we i'd miss i'd miss the rice festival like Basically, like every two out of every three years, but man, I'd hit it just right sometimes, and I'd be home like the week before the rice festival, and like that was always. It's just funny, like the things you care about when when like you're away from home so much, and you know, getting back. I wanted to go to the rice festival. Well, yeah, you gotta <laughs> yeah. go get you a KC burger. <laughs> yeah, Hell absolutely. Yeah. Two or absolutely. three every every time I go. But yeah, baseball the schedule lined up really well, you know, for for doing that, and um, you know, then you know. Started, you know, hunted with Josie a ton and um, then bought my own place in 17. Um, and it's right, you know, he farms it. You know, we have rice on it and we've got marsh and we have timber. And it's um, it's been a project for me, you know, and it's um, been – it's, it's just like another fold in the in the whole deal, you know. It's like something that I love to go out there and, and mess around to do and, and it's a blast to duck hunt out there and um, – you know, I'm looking forward to starting taking my kids out there more often. You know, they're getting to the age now where they can go out there a little more frequently. Um, Pass it on. Exactly. Exactly. So really, so. really quickly, um, I, I I love to hear this question asked, and I love to ask this question, but a lot of times the answer is is very similar, if not the same. But um, for somebody who who kind of took it up a little bit later, like you, you said you did a little bit of duck hunting at a younger age, but really started kind of transitioning into a serious duck hunter at a later age. Um a lot of these young guys, you ask them the question, and, and most of the time the answer is that they, you know, they want to go out and kill a bunch of birds, and that's how it starts. And it transitions into, you know, gaining knowledge and, and having a new respect for the experiences and for the wildlife and, and the conservation aspect of it as well. But for you, uh, coming back into it, what, what was it that really, like, hooked you? I mean, like, like you said, like, at first it's like, man, how many ducks can we kill today? Right. Like, how right. many can we kill? And now, bro, it's the hang. Yeah. Like, it's the hang. It's my dog. Yeah. It's the opportunity to, like, have a really, like, you know, you never know when, like, that special hunt is going to happen. Yeah. And it may not be the biggest pile pick. It may not be, you know, the the, the quickest hunt. But, like, you know, there are small, small things that happen, you know, during hunts that, like, you only know if you're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've you know, got it, a bunch. Of you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah for it, sure. It, and, um, well, they do it for you. They kind of sustain you throughout those lulls, too. Yeah. You know, you go back out there, um, uh, not necessarily with the expectation that you're going to have a great day. But there's but a chance. There's Can't kill them from the couch. There's always that chance, man. Can't kill them from the couch. Can't kill them from the couch. Um, 
that is a that is a definitely a newfound aspect for myself with the dog thing, like you were saying, yeah. dude. I've got a I got a new pup that I'm extremely excited about. Yeah. I was just working with her before we came out here today, and that adds a whole new thing yeah. to it for me. I mean, I could go now, right now. Like I went, I could take people, not even bring a gun, work my dog, and like be totally content, you know. And it's a it's it's a game. It's a competition, like with yourself. Like, how is this gonna work? How are they going to, you know, there's so many little things, little nuances that, you know, like you want to show people, you know, you want, you want them to find, you know, that duck that you absolutely had no chance to find had you not had that dog. Hey man, there's been, there's been so many times where I've been thankful to have a dog and I've cussed for not having one too. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it, I kind of, it's kind of like golf too, dude. Like hunting's like golf. Like you can go out and have a shitty hunt. Be terrible. Conditions, terrible. Mosquitoes killing you. But man, you might shoot a band. Yeah, and it's like a birdie, bro. You know, it's like a bird. Exactly. And then you're back, bringing you back. You're saying there's a chance. I have done that. Mitchell killed one bird one time, and it was a banded green wing teal. Or it's a or down here it's a mallard. You know, yeah, down here cinnamon teal, whatever it may be. You know, like and that the little things keep you coming back. Hey, and that was one of the things about having a dog is that I killed a greenhead down here in the marsh. This was probably four years ago. And a buddy of mine, Connor, had his dog with us, and I would have never in a million years found this bird. And there it was. He buried his head off in that marsh grass, and he came back out with that green head. And, oh, my God. It's like such a, like, such a, I don't know, like a, it's a badass feeling. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, and, um, you know, it gets to the point for me, too, like, where I go because I'm supposed to. Yeah. You're just supposed to go. Yeah. Like, that's what you do. You just go hunt. You hunt. So, not going to try to harp too much back on the baseball, but I know a lot of people are wanting to know your some past stories about you playing in the big leagues. I mean, that was how you got your name, Jay Bruce. I, I don't know what your name was before baseball, but I know once you got signed, <laughs> Jay Bruce became your name. Believe it or not, my parents gave it to me. Oh, shit. So I was totally – Wikipedia did not <laughs> tell me that. So I've been doing a lot of research because I was like, I don't even know who you are. But so – couple of different questions i know matt has one that i'm kind of anticipating but i would rather ask you first who i mean you've played against a lot of different people over the years mm-hmm. is there just a person or a couple of people that have just were like gods that you played against among men yeah man i mean you know so i'm mike trout I, in my opinion is you know gonna go down as probably the greatest baseball player of all time and that sounds funny and goofy to say, but like he is a stud, though it's incredible, you know. I mean, it's like it's so weird. So, I got to play against him a little bit more when I was in Seattle when we played, you know, obviously in the AO West. And, bro, like every swing, it's like, oh, shit. oh, god, he just <laughs> oh, god, like everything. It's it looks like he's going to hit a home run every single like it's ridiculous. And then now they've got Otani, who is oh, an hey. absolute like alien bro like (laughs) he's he is the most talented player ever ever to play i mean he's like a number two or maybe even an ace pitcher he's like a four-hole hitter yeah it's like having literally like two all-stars in one player and that for me is like it's mind-boggling dude because i was like pretty good at hitting like not great like, I wasn't, like, you know, I I hit a lot of home runs. Like, that was my deal. But, like, I was – I hit 250. Like, I, you know, I was a kind of middle-of-the-road average hitter. 
But, like, this guy's killing it, dude. Like, and, and then also, like, there will be multiple nights in a season where he hits the hardest ball that was hit in the game and also throws it. I'm like, are you kidding me, bro? That's crazy. That guy, that guy brought on a lot of uh, late-night-at-work conversations. Yeah, man. And, and shout-out to you and shout-out to my boy Dustin for, for kind of getting me tuned in on baseball. But um, we, we talked a lot about this dude. I got the opportunity to see him when he came to Houston, uh, and I was just at the game, and the guy comes out, and he hits, and then he goes back, and he pitches, and dude, it's like it's, he goes into the outfield. People, take it, people are not – like, it is – they don't understand how hard that is. Like, so to be able to do both – Anytime, right? Like, is is hard. Do both well. To be the one of the best at both and the highest level in the whole world is, it's mind boggling. That's crazy to hear from a from an MLB player that he's really that guy, dude. It's, like, the, it's, it's you listen to Joe Buck talk about people and you're like, eh. oh my god, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, he's really that guy. guy. <laughs> really no, that he is. Guy. He is Fuck for sure. Joe yeah. Buck, dude. I mean, Straight you know, up. Um, hope you see this. He's Joe incredible. <laughs> Incredible, like so crazy. I I can't imagine that that'll ever be like done again, as far as we know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, Mike Trout speaks for itself. You know, I played with Bryce Harper. That dude, he's gamer. handsome and great. Great hair, Y'all incredible, fantastic. Hair. Yeah. Hair. Um, you know, a guy you want on your team. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he's um, there's there's a bunch of he, he's one of the best. Um, Joey Votto is probably the like the most like. He has the most hitting savant qualities as anyone I've ever met. Like, he's the most, like, perfect hitter that I've ever played with. And then, of course, I, I got to play with King Griffey Jr. That was who I was yeah. going to say. Which that. is my, was my idol um, growing up. And then my debut, I was 21 years old. I debuted for the Reds. I was hitting second. And Griffey was hitting third. And he was playing right field. And so, for me to be a 21-year-old kid – to get called up to the big leagues to play with my idol on the same team and then also play his position. I mean, he made the all century team at 30 years old as a center fielder. And I got called up like for all intents and purposes, like not a center fielder. Like I was, could get by for a little bit, but I was, I was moving to right field whenever he was done, no matter what. And when I say I was a Griffith, like he was my idol. Like I called the kingdom when I was nine years old, long distance from my phone in my room from 365 Eldridge Drive right across from Vincent Middle School <laughs> and asked for Ken Griffey Jr. Just called the stadium. Like, 1411, called them, uh, I'd like to be connected to the Kingdom, please. And they're like, the Kingdom in Seattle? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, all right. So, I don't know who answers. But I'm like, I'd like to talk to Ken Griffey Jr., please. Did you ever tell him this? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. It was from one of, and I, I'll never forget, I was on the floor in my my room and I was using one of those phones where you could see all the the clear phones where you could see all the all the guts, all the guts yeah, in them, yeah. the '90s phone. Yeah, yeah, bro. So just called up and asked, and then here I am playing with him. Like, I made the out before he hit a 600 home run, and now he's a, a a buddy of mine. Like, it's that's crazy, man. Crazy. That dude's a freak. crazy, crazy. He was incredible. I saw him play again. It was the Reds against uh, the Cardinals back when Pujols was there. The whenever the field just got redone in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and that was. Ridiculous. Yeah. Griffey and Pujols both hit home runs that game, and I was like like a 10-year-old kid. Just yeah, it's crazy, man. To think about that still, shit. like, the esteem I held him at 
and like now he's a friend and like I got to play with him. I wore I wore the Swingman brand. I was one of the like on the Swingman team for baseball. So that was like one of those things you can't even imagine happening. Yeah, and it happens. And you're like, holy shit! Like I knew this was gonna be awesome, but I didn't know it was gonna be this awesome. Yeah, it's it's crazy the experience you have whenever your your fantasies and your dreams of like the people that you idolize, it becomes tangible. Yeah. And it, it just changes everything. It really like you, does. You get to meet this person. You get to talk to this person. You you get to realize that this person is, is just a human being. Dude, absolutely. Um, and it, it, I've heard people sometimes say that, like, you know, don't you don't want to meet your – You almost don't sometimes. Yeah. You because, know, you almost because don't. Because that, that nostalgic feeling and, and you know, there's just the, the feeling that you had, you know, growing up and, and watching this person and – feeling that they gave you of, of doing whatever it was that you you essentially like idolize you know you can't yeah. it, it almost takes the magic away well it's unfair know? to them too yeah right like because think about it from their perspective standard, like right. they're not like you know they're doing the best they can and they're being the person that they are but like one like i mean we're all people we're all human beings we mm-hmm. all have whatever we've got going on and then two like to be so naive that like you think this person is like perfect or you know at this level that you're holding them to is unfair and it's not, you know, it doesn't make them bad, a bad person or anything like that, but it's just like, it really puts things in perspective, you know, once you meet, and then like, dude, I mean, I don't feel, see myself this way at all, but I'm sure that there's kids out there that oh, idolize Jay Bruce, you yeah, know, definitely. and like, I mean, you guys know me. Yeah. Like, there's, there's people you know? that I, and like, okay. I, like I said, there was, I had to Google you at one point. <laughs> okay. So, and, but there, there's people that I've talked to that I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna go meet with Jay Bruce tonight, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and of course you don't just say I'm gonna meet my buddy Jay, you you say I'm going to meet with yeah. Jay Bruce. Two but first names, anyway, tough too. Yeah, bro. but Can't uh, trust and him, and there's people I've told that to that have been like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Yeah, and I, I get that. Um, but for myself, it was just like you know, having not been brought up on baseball, sure, it was like you know, I I I I, I didn't. It's not that I didn't get it. It's just that, that it didn't have that same effect for me. Yeah. You know, we're meeting in, in a whole different, different circumstance. Absolutely. And, so. you know, for me, like, that is a hat tip for me to, like, that's why I'm still here. That's why I'm still in Southeast Texas. Like, here, dude, like, within, you know, anywhere in the Golden Triangle, like, uh, for a pretty big radius, you know, like, you either know me personally or you know someone who knows me personally. Right. And so – like, the shine is, like, kind of off, like, cat's out of the bag, you know? Like, I'm just me here, and I really, really love that. I love that for myself. I love that for my family because the last thing I want, and this is going to happen regardless of whether I want it to or not, but, like, there's going to be unfair expectations put on my children for a myriad of things, right? Like, anything that has to do with sports, right? There's probably going to be expectations that are not fair to them, right? They should be the best at this or that because they're my son. Well, like... That's going to happen some, but, like, people, like, are so, like, I'm so entrenched into this community, and people know me so well and so deeply, like, since I was a kid, that it, do, it doesn't feel that way right. to me. And that, for me, is such a big deal. Like, such a big deal. I want the normalcy so badly, and I get it here. I really do. And, like, people are so proud of me and so happy that I got to do what I got to do and have so much respect for it. But they also, like, don't... um they don't abuse the, like, the boundaries, you know? And they really don't care that much. Well, you're just a dude. Yeah, I yeah, mean, like, I, I mean. And so, you know, that's um, that's something that I really appreciate from Beaumont and from Southeast Texas and, you know, from the people that 
have been with me and like surrounded me my entire life. Like it has a lot to do with those people. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, I could tell people you're my uncle and they wouldn't bat an eye. <laughs> you damn well could be. I don't know. Well, he is old enough. He's born in 59. Yeah. Okay, so there was one question that I, right. I just, I, I've been dying to ask this for a long time. And like I said, started getting into to baseball. Um, you know, a couple of friends of mine that brought that along with, with work and spending time around them. But <clears throat> when I did look into you and your career, uh, when we were approaching a point of essentially doing business together. Sure. Um, there was one thing that there's a video that I watched over and over and over and over again. And I wanted to get into your head and where you were on this. When you clinched the national <laughs> league against the Astros. Yes. Walked yeah, it off. So win. I want to know how that felt. So there's a whole story to this. That's pretty awesome. Um, we have all the time in the world. <laughs> Please tell me. Cause now so, I'm getting erect. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the reds hadn't been good for a long time. Right, it had been, I don't know, um, I think 95 since they had been to the playoffs. And, you know, I was really young. We had a really young core of, like, guys who had just gotten called up in the past, like, previous couple of years. And we were, like, we were beating people, right? Like, we were, we were surprising people. We were, like, you know, that, like, team that was, like, winning games they weren't supposed to because we were so dumb and naive to know any better. And, um... I had broken my wrist 2009, um, right at the All-Star break. So then came back a few games in 2009 and, you know, did well. And then I was supposed to go play winter ball, and I didn't. So came to spring training in 2010 with, like, a lot to – I was 23, and it was like I was, you know, the number one prospect in baseball when I got called up at 21 for, you know – as everyone would probably consider, I had a bad year when I was uh, 22. I was hitting a lot of home runs, but I was hitting for a very low average. And honestly, I think breaking my wrist is, like, the best thing that happened to me <clears throat> because it, like, gave me a chance to step back and kind of recalibrate because I'd never struggled. I'd never had any str- – I dominated the minor leagues, dominated in high school. And when I came up, like, you know, I had a really good rookie year as well. And so, anyway – Come back in 2010, and the first half was kind of, like, kind of shitty. Uh, I hit, like, you know, 10 home runs. And, like, a whole half, that's not a lot of home runs for someone who's supposed to hit home runs. So I go in the all-star break, and I come back, and it, like, kind of clicks. Like, I think my wrist, like, I didn't have – I didn't, like, feel like I had the power that I had. And it, like, took basically a year for it to, like, come all the way back. Well, anyway, so I was playing well at the end of the, the year there and on, you know – kind of down the stretch, but there was one pitcher that I absolutely, you could put it on a tee. You could literally come out and say, here, he's going to throw you this, 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 and this today, and I still couldn't hit it. Like, it was that bad. And my goal was to play 162 games a year, and Dusty Baker was my manager, and he wanted me to play every single day, right? And... So it got to the point with Wandy Rodriguez. If you guys remember that name, he was about a five foot nine inch left handed pitcher who threw eighty seven to eighty nine miles an hour. I mean, not should not be a problem. No one's looking at him on the on the lineup card and being like, "Fuck, not Wandy," you know. <laughs> and that's how it was, dude. I was like, I was one for twenty six with like seventeen strikeouts. 
And so it got to the point where Dusty's like, hey, Junior, you ain't playing tomorrow. See, he wasn't wearing gloves back then. Not back then. Not back then. He just came back from COVID, by the way. He got COVID, came back. He's all healthy. He's good to go. He's the man, by the way. Yeah. He's the man. Um, He's like, Junior, you ain't playing today. Or you ain't playing tomorrow. Come in late. Go out. Have a drink. You ain't playing. Like, it ain't worth it. And it happened multiple times. And I kind of just, like, said, I'm yeah, fuck, whatever. Like, all right. If this is, like, my one day off, if I play 161 games this year and it's because 159 games and it's because I didn't face Wandy a couple times, like, I can live with it. Didn't have the answers, couldn't find them, wasn't even close to it, right? That day, Wandy was pitching. And he came up to me. And this is how Dusty is, bro. Like, he is – he's got this feel. Like, he, he, he's got his pulse on everything. So we were we could we were obviously in a position to clinch that night if we won. And he comes up and he goes, "Hey, Junior." He called me Junior. He still calls me Junior. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna let you play today." He goes, "Because when we clinch, I want you to be on the field." But I'm hitting you seventh. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" All right, I'll take it. You know. So here we go. So playing the game, I I don't remember what I did. The first at bat or second at bat, but I remember in my third at bat, he was it was deep in the game. The bases were loaded and the game was tied. It was in the seventh inning, and I was facing him and I hit an absolute missile to the second baseman. He dove and caught it, and got me out. Bases loaded. I'm like, here we go again. Like another opportunity to face Wandy and like turn the tides, and I blew it. Big deal. Yeah, again. Yeah. Like, steady L's, dude. Like, embarrassing. Somebody needs to check the number. But, so. Jamie, can you pull it up? Yeah. Hey, hey, Jamie, can you get that, please? So, game's tied in the 10th inning. I come back up. And Tim Burdak is pitching. So, Wandy's out of the game. So, it's like, my night started. And the first pitch of that at bat, Home run, dead center. Knew, Knew it was gone. And I, you can watch all 319. It's a lot of home runs. Yeah. It would take you a long time to watch 319 home runs. I could do it tonight. <laughs> but 319 home runs that I hit, like, there were v- on one hand where I, like, did something that showed you that I just hit the home run. Like, I was, at, for all intents and purposes, head down, jog around the bases, yeah. handshake, kind of boring. Yeah. Fuck, yeah, like – Super standard home run trot. As soon as that ball left my bat, I put my hand up in the air. And I don't know why, but I remember doing that, and then I remember touching third base and looking home and seeing my team at it's home plate. Army of an army Cincinnati of Reds. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> and it was the craziest. Did you see did you see the fireworks? Or were you too focused no, on? No, yeah, I don't remember any of that, dude. It was like this like tunnel vision. And I just saw and I just remember like thinking, don't fucking miss home plate. <laughs> because it happens, right? Like, it's like, it never happens, and then it does once, and they call you out. And anyway, touched home plate, won the game. Like, first time Cincinnati has been in the playoffs since 95. Clinton division against the Astros, so, like, everyone back in Beaumont was watching. Oh, yeah. Which was badass. Uh, what, was, uh, what was Dusty's comments to you after that? He's like, we did it. We did, did it, it, Junior. We did it. And then, you know, his whole deal was like, you know, he'd always make this comment about, like, when you're the hunter, it's, it, it's one thing. But when you become the hunted, it's different. 
And, like, I remember him throughout the playoffs and, like, down the stretch, he's like, he always he would always, like, talk about that and talk about that and talk about that. And once we did it and then we started winning and I understood what he meant, like, he's right. Like, there's a difference between when you have a target on your back as opposed to when you're looking for the people with the target. Right. And, like, it kind of felt like that is what happened then. You know, like, we had made it. Like, we had surprised people, but we were supposed to be there. And he was just so proud because he took, you know, he took nothing, basically. He took, like, Griffey, who was basically on his way out. Um, and just otherwise, you know, Adam Dunn had a bunch of home runs, had a very awesome career, but, like, they were looking to trade him. And he was part of, like, what brought Cincinnati baseball back to relevance again. And I feel, you know, a lot of responsibility with that, too, and a lot of the guys on the team. And, you know, um, that was the absolute craziest moment of my career and I was only 23 years old. I can imagine it was. Like and I said, I, I've watched a lot of videos, a lot of highlights, and, you know, trying to just do my due diligence yeah, on Mr. Sure. J. For Bruce sure. if we're going to sit down and have this conversation. <laughs> and this has been months ago, but I, I really wanted to take you back to that moment. Yeah. That I had to know, man. And the craziest thing about it to me now, looking back, is, like, I was 23 years old, and I was so naive to think that that just – stuff like that happened all the time. And there yeah. wasn't – and there – I mean, we won, I was on the Indians when we won 22 games in a row. And I hit the walk-off to win the 22 game, this 22nd game. And that was awesome. It was incredible. But it was nothing. It still didn't even compare to that moment. And to think about, you know, playing 1,600, 1,700 games and that, you know, in game, you know, 400 was the best moment of my career. That's kind of crazy to think about, yeah. you know. So um, something I always forget. I'll always remember, I mean, that it's uh, – Pictures are up everywhere at the stadium still. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's, they love you badass. back in Cincinnati. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's you, like you, I'm like the, you know, the native son. Oh, yeah. You can link the dragons up with old Joe Brr. Yes. <laughs> I, I need to link up with him. Let's do it, man. Yeah, for sure. Let's make it shake. For sure. And that's really cool. I, I'm, I'm glad I got to finally have the opportunity to ask you that, man. I've, I've, like I said, I watched that video over and over and over again, and that was, yeah. that was really cool, man. Well, it was uh, incredible. Damn, I, I feel like I was on a – Sports top ten uh, moment or whatever. Yeah, thirty for a moment 30. in the life. Not thirty for thirty. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. <laughs> well, the only thing the la I think my last thing about uh, baseball for you was, uh, do you know that app, the the beat the streak, the fifty six yeah. hit game? Yeah. I hope you didn't pick me very often. No, well, no. So I I did pick you one time, and thank goodness I picked two people. Freddie Freeman clutched it much better pick he well i had two i picked two i picked you i was like i'm gonna go with the hometown boy yeah and i went freddie freeman and i'm sorry jay you struck out that day and i was like thank god i picked freddie oh yeah i mean i i did that well too struck out well no, i was like it was like i'm like a random i was sitting there looking at your stats and i was like okay you hit like four <laughs> four games in a row that's, that's just you, that's when you check off dude well hey dude i'm terrible at betting <laughs> i don't bet ever and i was like Let's see if Jay Bruce gets me a hit. Four bats, mm. uh, nothing. I was like, oh, God. I said the same <laughs> thing about waterfowl, man. You, you can't hit dinks from, from the couch, man. No, definitely not. Definitely not. You can't – they said you can't change the game from the bench. You know, you can't – the other one, you can't make the club in the tub. Like, you got to play. You got to play for anything to happen. Yeah. So. But I bet uh, that hit – uh, Dude, it was we were just talking about really put some lead in your pencil, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did. It definitely did. How does um, Dusty feel about – or he likes coaching for the Astros now? Loves it, man. Love yeah. it. I could, Dude, I could talk about Dusty all day. I mean, he's, he's like my grandpa. I still talk to him. I talked to him a couple days ago. Um, 
He even calls himself. He goes, man, y'all, y'all, y'all know that Dos Equis guy, right? Most interesting man in the world. Well, if he's most interesting, I'm the second most interesting man in the world because, and he's right, dude. I mean, this guy has has a Harley. Duck hunts. Dusty Baker duck hunts, bro. Does his he really? Ass off, bro. Oh, we gotta get in the ball. Oh my he's in, god. He, so he's he lives in Sacramento, which is. Go to well, that's he's California. That's bad. California. You can go to Washington, then go to California. Yeah, we can do that. But he's, I mean, huge outdoorsman. I will get random. I used to get him a lot more. I don't get him anymore, really. But random email pictures from like his buddy, like him holding a turkey or him holding like grouse or like, you know, I took him snapper fishing last year, over the break, over the All Star break, and he came up, bro, pliers on his belt. Come on, ready. Like, ready to go. And we caught, went out, caught fish. He came back, and he scaled Snapper and cleaned the heads of Snapper. Oh, yeah. To bring him back to some of his Latin guys. Because absolutely, the Latin guys. I absolutely respect him like, ten times more now. You know what I mean? They yeah. Like that stuff. And that's one thing that Dusty is talking about, like, having a pulse on things. Mm-hmm. So he's always, like, watching, and he's always looking. And his big deal is, like, he would always – he w- he would keep an eye on you, and if he felt like you needed you needed something, he'd like bring you food. Like he may have oxtail for you one day, or he may have, you know, fried fish and whatever for you. And if he thinks you're sick, he'll bring you matzo ball soup or whatever. And can he be my grandpa, dude? He he's he's incredible. Like I feel so fortunate to have played for him because he taught me so much on and off the field. Bro, he used to make me sit next to him when I wasn't playing, <laughs> when I was a rookie. And he used to make me take my hat off and look through the holes in my hat at the pitcher. So I'm sitting, 30,000 people, and I'm sitting next to him, and I'm looking through my, a hole in my hat with the hat over the front of my head. Like that, just like that, looking through this, this little hole. Not the mesh, that little hole. I can't even see. Because he wanted you to focus <laughs> just on, the, either, just on so. the pitcher. Yeah. You know? So, like, little stuff like that. Like, he set up one day, we were in Atlanta, and he called Joey and I into the office, and he goes, hey, man, um, I got somebody I want you all to meet. In walks Hank Aaron. Mm. And Dusty left. He's like, I'm just going to let you all talk. So Joey and I sat there for like an hour and talked to Hank Aaron. <laughs> and it was like stuff like that. Like Dusty gave me so much in my career and in my life, really, that like I'll love him forever. I mean – when I got, I told him I got my dog. He's like, I'm going to tell you one motherfucking thing. <laughs> you let that dog hunt now. You don't turn it into no house dog. Dogs are supposed to hunt. And, like, I took that to heart, you know? Like, it's like, damn, like, you, I, better, I better hunt this thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? he's going to kick your yeah. ass. And so, man, he's all, you know, he's, he makes his own wine. He's got Dusty Baker Wines. Um, he's got an energy company. Like, he's, dude, he, he, is, he is a renaissance man. And he's an outdoorsman. I did not know you, think, that. you think he's like so? I noticed a lot of the things you were saying can kind of translate into being like an outdoorsman slash conservationist. Like, yeah, he seems like he's a real horns to hooves kind of guy. Dude. Like, don't want to waste anything. Like, unbelievable. I love like, that. He really takes his that. time. If he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it right. He's gonna take care of it. He's gonna, you know, he nothing is like without thought or or planning. You know, and it's just funny, man. I mean, I had so many awesome times with him. And if, like, we're in Texas, he's wearing cowboy boots. If oh, we're yeah. in New York, he's wearing a pea coat. If we're in Florida, he's wearing linen. Like, dude, there ain't a place that he does not have, like, a group of people waiting on him after the game. Like, 15 people every single night. 
Dusty's got his people. Oh yeah, and it speaks volumes about like who the kind he of is. person he is. Oh man, yeah. that's cool, man, because that adds a, a different aspect is to who you don't see on the TV. Yeah, man. He dude, I mean, he's a he is a manager of people. And I'll be honest, man, I, I've been around a lot of people with watching these games, and especially as a Stroh's fan, you know, yeah. we've seen a lot of Dusty Baker these days, and dude. and I just be around people that are just talking mad shit, and. You know, I, I'm not a big baseball guy. I'm, I'm sitting there watching, yeah. and I, I kind of just get that in my head. But to hear that, you know, he's a human being and, and oh, the, the kind of person that he is, that's really cool, man. One of the best. Yeah. I mean, one of the best. And, you know, he's he takes care of people, man. That's great, man. He really does. That's awesome. Yeah. Think he knows who the Dragons are? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, well, we can make that happen. You yeah. were uh, well. He might listen to this podcast since we have Jay on it. <laughs> you were talking about your dog, man. So let's talk about Archie. Yeah. I had the privilege of hunting with Jay <laughs> a few times last season, and watching Archie work, man, it's it's great. It's really cool to watch him work. Uh, he, he's a beautiful dog. What's the, what is his breed? It's a poodle pointer. Poodle pointer. P-U-D-E-L. That's a, that's the first poodle pointer I've ever hunted with, and he's uh, he's on point, man. Yeah, see what you did there? It's a f- I do. First yeah. dog I've ever seen I with, did. A, with a Fu Manchu. Yeah, oh, so great the drafts are the same, right? So that's a similar breed. And there's, um, I think there's 33 versatile hunting breeds. And so versatile hunting breeds, they point and they retrieve. And um, he, he's he been incredible, man. Like, able to hunt with him, able to, to upland hunt with him, retriever as far as duck hunting. You know, you get kind of laughed at a little bit if you don't have a lab around here. But, um. I mean, he's he's as useful and, you know, more obviously more versatile than, than any lab. You know what I mean? And he's been aw- awesome family dog, um, always ready to go, and just wants to please, man. He's a, he's a, he's an inc- he's a badass dog. Yeah, I think, I think you get to that point. Um, I, I don't know about if this is a, a general public kind of thing, but I think you get to that point uh, along your journey of – whether it's starting in waterfowl or starting in whitetail, where you, you start to kind of branch out, yeah. you know, and to have a versatile dog, I think would be a great thing. Yeah, I, I like it. I like, you know, I like the upland side of, you know, it's, I don't do it a ton, but like to be able to like say, oh man, I want to go on a quail hunt. Like, you know, boom, there he is. And he's staunch point. St- yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know Very that, cool. I don't know that I'd be able to go in into that scenario with a, with my yellow lab and do that. You know what no, I mean? No, you definitely retrieve and flush, you oh, know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, they do have pointing labs, but they're not, you know, it's not a natural right. thing at all. So. Labs like your dumb cousin, like at Christmas <laughs> that just, just barrel rolls through everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. I got a Frenched in retriever. He'll do that to you too. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? You were 19, weren't you? 19 what? Years old? No. Anyway. 21. Twenty-one. Uh, <laughs> so, w- before we get into it, okay, you just made a, a uh, you just acquired a new company along with SureShot. We've been, yes. I know we've been talking about the SureShot. Yeah. We talked about the baseball, yeah. and you just made a pretty big little movement. We did, man. We did. We um, have the good fortune to now be the owner of Redbone Goose Calls. Um. Worked really hard at it. Um, you know, Nathan Wright is essentially the goose god. You know, he's like... Uh, god of geese. The god of geese. Yeah. He's the goose and the gander. Mm. The goose messiah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, just incredible caller. I mean, unbelievable. Snow spec, 
Um, Multiple world championship yeah, titles. Yeah, under yeah like, ha, like doesn't, yeah. can't do it anymore. Yeah. Won too many of them. Yeah, they, they oh, won't allow kick I you out, bro. Actually, I didn't yeah. know that was impossible. Yeah, yeah, so. You're too good. That's kind of bullshit, though. Yeah, I mean, like. Yeah, if you're the best to so stay. Then, like, they punish you for being the yeah. best, but whatever. And so, when one of the, the deals when I bought SureShot was like, man, why do we have so many goose calls here? Because they don't. And so. like, well, they've been here for 12 years. And I was like, well, then that is an issue. So I decided, all right, I don't want to, I don't, I want to cut the fat, right? I want to cut the dead weight. Like we're not selling goose calls. They're not attractive. They're not even really applicable to today's hunter, right? Like the style of hunting, the way people call everything short read now. Um, and I'm, that's not to say that some people didn't like them, but they were not moving the needle enough to even really consider continuing to have, in my opinion. Um, and so I made the decision that we were, we were either going to stop selling goose calls and just focus on duck. Or if the situation came up, we were going to acquire a call company that would bolt on to SureShot and kind of active act as our goose call line. And um, one evening, I was sitting in the Frankie's parking lot. Um, you ever eaten at Frankie's? Yes, multiple the Italian, times. The Italian restaurant? Yeah, yeah man. I Incredible it was, spaghetti. It Frankie. Yeah. A little dark in there, there man. Very dark. Very yes. dark. Can't see. Uh, no. Yeah. Very well. yeah you right can't read ten. either. Yeah, I, I went in there at noon. Couldn't see my hands. Um, <laughs> But I was like, and I just left Stratton's over in Winnie talking to Miss Joy over there about mm-hmm. um Stratton's. about goose calls, you know? A lot of case knives. About Sure Shot being in her store, you know, a new owner, wanted to meet her, whatever. And I saw a red bone in there. And um, she had Nathan's number. And so she gave it to me, and that was a few weeks before. And I'm sitting in, I was sitting in the parking lot waiting on to pick up some to-go food from Frankie's. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Nathan a call. Call him. I said, uh, is this Mr. Nathan Wright? He said, yes, it is. It's like, well, this is Jay Bruce from SureShot Game Calls. Um, I just purchased the company, and I talked to uh, Miss Joy at Stratton's and Winnie um, about, about you the other day. And. You know, I said, I, I don't mean to be, you know, s- stepping on anybody's toes or overstepping my boundaries or anything like that, but um, would you have any interest in selling your goose call company? He's like, everything's for sale. For the right price? And I said, okay. Um, well, I'd love to talk more about it. And He said, well, why don't you meet me at Denny's tomorrow in Lake Charles, Louisiana? I said, I'll be there. So next day, went to Denny's, and that's kind of where the whole deal started, and What'd you order? Lumberjack? Just coffee. I didn't even eat. Grand Slamwich, baby. You don't leave Denny's without a Grand Slamwich. <laughs> I, I felt like I was cheating on Waffle House. <laughs> yes, uh, thank you. I was going to say, why'd there. you even go to a Denny's? Yeah, because, hey, man, this is where business happens. Fuck. What the fuck is up, Denny's? <laughs> yeah. um, and so we started the conversation there, and that was probably in April. Mm-hmm. Um. And as of July, basically twentieth or so, I was the owner. Um, it. It's very y'all, so y'all inked it at the end of July. It was yeah, yeah, basically yeah. yeah. And so the thing that you know that was a must for me was that Nathan stayed around. Right, he stayed on because it's not Redbone without Nathan. Period. Dot. The end. Like I wouldn't have taken the company had Nathan not agreed to 
continue on as a consultant or slash employee of the company in some form or fashion. And um, at the end of the day, Nathan just wanted to fish more, you know. He wanted more time to to uh, to do the things he wanted to do. He's getting a little older, and um, I felt like that I could take this on and, again, like SureShot, like take care of the brand. You know, like this is a, an incredible goose call company that not enough people know about. But it's still like when you talk about spec calls, it's red, like it's Redbone red up there. Yeah, yeah Redbone. Redbone is top of the it's line. It's top of the line. It's, and it's it, not. It, it's not the the hardware does not need to change. Oh no no no! It no, just no. needs God, that no. breath mm-hmm. of that new. You know, kind of the same way that sure I mean, shot does. It's really just like getting it a little. Like I just want to put it in for more people's hands. Yeah, like it doesn't need to change at all. Someone made a great point to me, being a baseball guy. They said, "Hey man, you just bought the Yankees." Yeah. Like, there's the Red Sox, and there's the Dodgers, and there's the other but ones, the but this Yankees is the Yankees, you know? And so, industry. you know, for me, like, I was like, wow, that's a, that's a great way to put it, you know? And so, um, you know, have a lot to learn, but we are, um, we're getting up to speed, and Nathan has been such a huge help. Shane, as we mentioned earlier, right. has been around a lot. Uh, John Chasson, who is a six-time World Spec champion, is from Lake Charles, and he has been extremely helpful. So, also, going back to, like, people in my corner and, like, the right people surrounding me, it's continuing to happen. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited for the brand. I think that, um, you know, we have the ability to grow it but also keep the quality. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you tend to what happens with brands when they grow and get too big too fast because – the the desire to have Redbone, like for instance, in retail stores, it's been overwhelming. Like, I've I've stopped taking, like we've stopped seeking out orders because like I don't I don't want to be able not to keep up with right with the the influx of orders this year. Um, and you know that is something that like I feel strongly that we can make we can just like grow Redbone and like show it to more people and get it out to more people and just like make it a more smoothly, you know, I guess more modern operation. Like Nathan was writing every single address on an envelope. Oh, pen and paper, pen and paper. That sounds, and then driving them to the, to the post office every single day. Oh my God. And dedication. Like, for sure. But the thing is, like, we can't lose all of that, right? Like, you have to have that personal touch. You know, like, if you have a question about your call, I want you to be able to reach out to me. If you need a video, we got you. I think that's a big thing nowadays, and that I've seen a lot of a lot of companies that have very quality and high quality products that are just not, um, you know. I don't want to say they need to get with the times, but, you know, things have changed a lot. Yeah. And so capitalizing your opportunities now with social media yeah. and, and utilizing the Internet could take these great things such as, you know, Redbone, Sure Shot, yeah. you know, trying to take those and breathe that, that new life into them in the form of something that, you know, maybe the, uh, the original owners, you know, hadn't been aware of and yeah. hadn't been aware to utilize, you know, it's just, it's something. Or didn't have the capacity, right? Like Nathan yeah. made a certain number of calls every year because that's all he could make. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's something that's such a, a, a good and high quality product. Like nowadays you could 
have an incredible marketing team and peddle a really shit product and still get it out and make a bunch of sales. Oh, absolutely. But you have this incredible rocket, high dude. quality Yeah, I mean, it's product, a rocket. And, and like like you said, it needs to be. And they're like, let's not hands. get it even confused for a second. Like, SureShot and Redbone were not the same, right? Like, SureShot needed a complete, not a complete, but a, a big breath of fresh air, a rebrand, a reintroduction to the market as the new SureShot. Right. Redbone is the standard it is the gold standard right it is what everyone's chasing right like it's it's the best you know and i mean obviously that's you know there's a lot of great call companies out there and i'm not sliding anyone but like this does not need a breath of fresh air i would say this and this is i I obviously can't uh debate you on this i'm not in your realm on this you you own sure shot and you've seen a lot more with the company that i than i have but um, I feel like uh, Redbone and SureShot are essentially uh, two timeless game call brand companies that I, I could still pick up the same SureShot that I had when I was a kid yep. and, and manipulate birds with it. Absolutely. And, and I don't think that that necessarily is the aspect that you're talking about. But yeah. the product itself is is incredible. Oh, it's And, and it's timeless, I feel yeah, like. It is. And, you know, Nathan... Like he said, like, yeah, I started making goose calls for, retail, you know, for, for production in 2006. But he's like, dude, I've been hunting for 50 years. You know, like, I've I've been hunting speckle belly geese for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, th- there's nobody that knows more about it. You know what I mean? And so to have him in my corner, I feel so fortunate and so absolutely lucky. Um, and the fact that he stayed on board and he's – has such like a cool vibe to him as far as like helping out and being part of this still. Oh yeah. You know, and not being like, yeah, well it's your company now. So whatever, you know, it's like, he's a voice, you know, and he'll tell me like what needs to happen and what needs to like what I'm not doing right. You know, like I have a lot to learn, but he's right there with us the whole step of the way, you know, every step of the way. So I'm not concerned about it because you know, this is um, an opportunity for me, and it feels like a privilege almost to have the company and to be able to, you know, get it where it's supposed to be. Like, like there's other, you know, there are other call companies who have more exposure, but are not the, yeah, the level of yeah. call. And you know? you know, it's it's the world is so much bigger than our backyard. No doubt. You know what I mean? And so no doubt to to have those kind of guys and and that kind of uh, talent, knowledge, and experience. Uh, you know, close by in your back pocket, yeah, man. Right there, man. We're incredibly blessed, and yeah. you're incredibly blessed for sure. And, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that that's going well for you. Man. No, you have a very that. strong ring around you. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And you know, I just always want to like take care of that. Yeah. You know, I want to be honest with people. Um, I want to, you know, facilitate and help people when I can. And the, you know, the other kind of like, I would say it's it's a it's down the road a bit, but like with SureShot and Redbone, like I think any like super high quality outdoor company these days or company really any company has a youth initiative has a conservation initiative Mm -hmm. kind of bolted onto it you know and that is something for me that like i want and i think that you know some doors are there to be opened and you know showing people that you know hunting is conservation and like you know the only way that duck call companies and goose call companies are going to continue to be successful and the only way the Bayou Dragons are going to continue to have people you know become fans and 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 follow along is that we get young kids hunting right right like we have to get them outside and hunting and like understanding why they hunt and 
you know, what it's for and like the, the, the way that you're able to connect with your, your kids and your, your buddies and like it, it's something to behold. I've done some guiding for the Texas youth hunting program, like the state of Texas. And it is like, I'm talking bone chilling, how awesome it is to be able to take somebody and usually with their parent. Cause they're like yeah, really young, you know, I had this kid like 14 year old and his dad in a blind, he never shot a deer before. And we harvested his first white tail and he was just, I'm talking, we're in the blind high five. Yeah, yeah. And his dad like, is like trying to like give me money. I'm like, no dude, like, yeah, this what is, do you yeah. mean? No, this ain't, this ain't what this is about. And that's what you need, right? Yeah, like yeah, you need those experiences and not everyone has one, not everyone has the knowledge of how to make it happen. And two, some people just don't have the ability to do it, right? They don't have the resources. And so creating those, exposing kids to the outdoors and letting them know like hey this is something that is like very important and doable and absolutely it's it's extremely important that and and it sounds backwards to somebody who is not educated on the subject and you know maybe not somebody who doesn't know about hunting but you know essentially as outdoorsmen and and hunters you know we want to see an overabundance of that wildlife absolutely and so and, and a lot of hunters may not even realize how much they contribute just based off of, you know, what they pay for their hunting licenses yeah. and their federal duck stamp and all exactly. that and where that revenue is going back into wildlife restoration and building these ecosystems and continuing, you know, to to have environments for these animals to thrive in. And so in doing what we love, we're recontributing back into that resource. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, the challenges are just going to continue to come, right? Yeah. Like urbanization of, of farmland you know, as far as houses are being built on rice fields and forests are being taken down. And, you know, now, like, everyone talks about the agricultural shift as far as, like, where the agriculture is is focused now. Like, ducks don't come as far south as often because of the agriculture up north. And when they come down, there's not as much food because combines pick up, you know, they don't don't drop. They're they're much more more efficient Much more efficient. And so those challenges are going to continue to arise. And so, like... How are we going to take care of that? And then how are we going to get people that care about doing that? Because it's lessening every single year, right? right. Like less hunting hunting licenses are being sold, less duck stamps are being bought. And so, like, that's important for a duck and a goose I think, company. I you know? think that kind of goes back to, like, everybody's, you know, when they first come into hunting, right? It's not originally it's about that. about the killing. It's about the killing. Yeah, it's about the sure. big pile picks. And, you know, yep. it, it may be cool at the time, but... I think along the journey, every every hunter gets to a point where they, they start to appreciate the conservation aspect yep. of it. And and that's really what it's transformed in for me personally. Yep. You know, that was where I was at a certain point. No, no, everyone. Yeah, you wanted the pictures, birds, dude. Yeah. Right? You get to a certain point where you're like, all right, yeah, hey, where's this going? Yeah. You know, and you, you kind of start to consider those things and it, it becomes... I mean, maybe not interesting for everybody, but it becomes a concern where you say, is this a lasting resource? And for you know, sure. what am I doing to conserve that resource? Well, that, I mean, that's, you know, how I take the, how I approach my place out in Nome. Like, I want to do things that hold more. If I hold, if I can do something to hold one more duck, dude, that's a win. Yeah. And you exactly. go out there and it's like, you're like a proud dad. Like, you go out there and like, a bunch of ducks get up out of the field when you're oh, driving yeah. and you're like, wow, like, 
you Man, want we're as doing much it, you know they're growing up so yeah, fast they're growing up so yeah. fast you want as much of that as you can yeah if you if you could contribute to giving back 10 15 ducks on your uh, you yeah. know you want to see as many you want to see that wildlife thrive as much as possible yeah for sure so that's been a fun deal man and learning about that and understanding you know how important all that stuff is yeah. has uh has been a fun ride too and i feel like that we have the opportunity as a company now to you know facilitate um you know, exposure to that knowledge for people. So, yeah, and that's out there, man. There's yeah. a lot, of, a lot of great initiatives, um, not only for youth, but for uh, you know, for veterans, for, yeah. for disabled people. Absolutely. Um, some really cool avenues that I just recently was made aware of that I'm definitely interested in. in yeah. You know, taking on. And we take it for granted, right? Like yeah. we've been around. We grew up around it. We grew up like it's what you did. What, yeah. like, you had to almost. Your dad made you. Yeah. <laughs> my my yeah. dad took me when I was nine like, years old. You know, we live in a marsh, basically. So, like, it's right there, you know, and, like, some people are just never exposed to it. And to be able to help people get more exposed, I think, is, is cool. And I often forget that we have, like, a beachfront. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's, it's not the most beautiful, pristine yeah. white sandy. I was beaches, down there the other day, man. Classy the water crystal, looked bro. great. Yeah, that's good. CFB, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude. You forget sometimes that that's yeah. right there. You know, it's right down the road, has man. its days, man. Where it yeah. looks pretty damn good. Yeah. You have that li- nice little north wind. It gets a little green out there. You can go out there, throw some live croaker, and just. <laughs> how'd, how'd that go again? <laughs> Michael Billock can tell you about that. I mean, it's just, it's, I think it's important to, to keep in touch, man, with what you got, your resources. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're extremely blessed right here where we're at, man. We have we a, lot, a lot of great yeah. resources. A lot of options for us, yeah. for sure. But, hell yeah. Well, Jay, I, before we do in uh, this segment, I would like to know where we can, where people, the general public can purchase yeah. you know, Redbone and Sure Shot and find you on. All your platforms. I mean, absolutely. Go ahead and plug yourself in. Yeah, here we go. So, uh, so SureShot. We're on Instagram. SureShot1959 is our Instagram handle. Um, our website is SureShotGameCalls.com. Brand new website. Just revamped it. It's awesome. Um, find all the new products there. And then Redbone is RedboneCalls.com. Um, Will there be any kind of integration as far as Redbone to SureShot in you the know, future? We may, I mean, so I plan on absolutely keeping them, they're separate entities because I, I believe that they both, you know, kind of deserve that. Yep. That's not to say that there won't be like collaborate, like call sets or something like that, you know, like color or sort Right. Um, I think it's, I think that mindset themes, looking at it, you is, know what I mean, is, or like right some real thing. short runs on yeah. on different stuff. But um, as far as like companies and how they operate, they'll operate under the same roof, but they will be their own. Yeah, um, I, all I do with it, like I think you have the right mindset on it. I would just put literally maybe a quick link on each one of the websites yeah. where you can be. Okay, you're wanting some badass duck calls on, and you're on Redbone. Go well, over I think your that, shot. That's that's another that was like another layer to this whole thing, right? Like someone who knows about Redbone may not know about SureShot. The new SureShot or right. SureShot at all. And so the exposure on both sides is is beneficial, you know, across the table. So um yeah, yeah but no, they're they're gonna they're gonna stay their own. Yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, guys, we got SureShot game calls actually linked on our YouTube channel. You can check it out on our dashboard and if you're 
haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit that red subscribe button at the bottom, man. We really appreciate it. Just hammer that subscribe <laughs> Hammer that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify. Subscribe, like, comment. Is that what it is? No. Oh, yeah. Like, subscribe, comment, whatever, yeah, whatever makes you like, your little heart happy. We really appreciate it. We love the support, and we thank you guys for tuning in with us. We've had Jay Bruce, yes, sir. big man from the MLB, <laughs> sure shot game calls, red bone game calls. Thank you all for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a Thanks good Thanks for having me, guys.